Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Extra Sauce Podcast. It's my fancy sauce. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. Not done using it. With the czar of sauces, Greg Hill. I have some sad news to start the podcast this week. What? What is it now? You're going to be very upset about this. Yeah. This is the last extra sauce before vacation begins, so they, you're not going to be able to talk with me. Wait, I thought I was doing an all-rush extra sauce <laughs> next week you when can you guys you, are yeah, off. Listen, you can if you'd like. All the greatest moments in, I, in Rush history. You, are it's going to be like a, a five-hour thing and three, you know, like a Rush album. That's one song. You know? yeah, yeah, five exactly. hours is right. one. It's one Rush song. <laughs> are you not on vacation with us? Are you- um, No, Greg. Uh, no, I'm you, working. Oh. You know, someone's got to work. That's not fair. <laughs> So That's, it'll be... It's just me. You're not going to have buyers and company. No, or, no, no uh, jugs in the douche with no. Danielle. No, just me. Just going to be yeah. you, shoe in the morning. It's like a vacation. Mike in the morning. That's right. All Rush. Gonna, all the time. Well, yeah, you're going to play Rush songs. And, you yep, do, and interview old ladies. You could do celebrity birthdays and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, steal a page from LB's handbook and do the horoscopes. Oh, see? Now, now. If you're a Gemini... Today is going to be a great day That's for right. you to invest in a new business. Horoscopes every uh, every weekday, seven twenty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm kind of sad that. I mean, I'm happy that I'm going to be on vacation, but I'm oh, of I'm, I'm kind of sad that you're not. But, oh no, it's going to be like a vacation for me. <laughs> it's a working vacation because of the WAF Celebrity Golf Tournament. Oh yeah, that's a uh, lot of which, work. Uh, is an awful lot yeah, of work. And, it's tough getting shit faced while playing <laughs> golf for charity. <laughs> It really is. Sir, I've been to your charity golf tournament, sir. Not, there are some people who might overdo it a little bit. Oh, but it's, really? But it's, yes. It's, uh, I mean, I think, I don't, I still believe that LB has not picked up the golf clubs that he left at Foxwoods after the celebrity golf tournament four years ago. I think he just left them in the bag room and he never got them. So I, <laughs> I mean, there's a How lot. How many of, people you think have done that? I think uh, at Playing, our at, at at this, yes, yes, at, at this your tournament. Event, <laughs> I, think, well, I I forgot something. Oh my clubs! It's probably probably a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, they, you make fun of golf a lot. Golf, unless oh, you're yeah. unless unless you're drinking and eating, mm-hmm. and there's beautiful girls around. There's yeah. no other reason to play golf. Right. I mean, it's not you're not out there trying to work on your. No, score. if you want to do those I mean, things, you might as well just go to a strip club. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, we uh, we are off for the uh, golf tournament down at Mohegan. And those are, you and, know what, the, those are the few times I was able to go. They were, you know, I thought I had a lot of fun because I wasn't playing golf. Right. Much. I was hanging with was, a bunch of drunk guys trying to drive a, a golf cart. I that think included you were, spaz, too. Um, I mean, we've had some amazing and interesting celebrities participate over the years i think you're uh you were there the year that vince neal played in the uh celebrity golf no, tournament i wasn't there for oh, that yeah. oh you weren't there for i that was one? there for cc deville oh cc deville from poison freshly yes. out of rehab <laughs> surrounded by drunk people and he was like i can't drink 
<laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not the place you want to be if you're freshly out no, of rehab. No. Uh, no, 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 it's not. He survived though. But hopefully, listen. I'm, I'm hoping that I not only I don't care about winning the golf tournament. I only care about winning uh, on the blackjack table, which I I'll either come back in a good mood or come back in a bad mood. <laughs> I, I we'll I would, know. We'll judge I, that. Yes. <laughs> and then of course it'd be we've talked about this before, but the outrage that is created in some of these blackjack players if you dare oh, the to pro- hit on 14 the or hard you dare, pros. oh you screw yeah. the whole table up and yeah. i mean that's, that's well the difference between you and them is that you're not you know betting the mortgage on your house no no right. I, don't, I don't care if i lose <laughs> exactly. or not i really yeah. i'm just yeah, it's not a life or death situation it's, literally it's, for no, you I'm no down there to have a good time right. you're not, not going to lose a hand not, or anything not, like like a literally lose a hand well some people yeah. do that as their job, like they go, right, they yeah. go to the casino every day mm-hmm. as their job, and they, you know, they start off with X amount of money, and and then they make a couple hundred bucks, and right. they're like, hey, it's well, a good, how would it's you a good feel? Day. Someone, <laughs> someone came into the studio and was just messing you up all that. Oh wait, that's my job. That's what that's what you do. Yes. <laughs> so, um, our uh, last episode of Extra Sauce before the vacation, but we will be back uh, in a week or two or whatever it is. Um, and an excellent podcast, I think, this week. We're going to get to a, a Radio Gold segment that is often requested based on the new show intro that you did for this month of June. So uh, we're going to we're going to go full uh, full length phone call from the creepy guy, the creepy Cindy Crawford <laughs> yes. guy. So, yeah. uh, and then on the podcast, we uh, during our breakfast with Baker segment on Monday, the governor was talking about being in favor of removing the Confederate memorial, which is out on George's Island. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we will be joined on the podcast today by a guest who has spent a lot of time examining this issue and talking about it around the country and um, spent time in New Orleans. And uh, that's really the city where most of the Confederate memorials oh, yeah. and statues and things are coming down. So um, I think you'll find that uh, interesting, and and I can't wait to to uh, figure out uh, whether or not uh, our guests will change my mind at all. I don't generally think we've talked a lot about this on the show, but I don't generally think that history, even if it's unpleasant, should be erased. Um, because I agree, it's, but uh, you know yeah. things things happen in a certain period of time in the country, uh-huh. and then later on, uh, generations later, people say that was. That wasn't right. That was wrong. And mm-hmm. and um, but we don't. There's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's there should not. We don't have enough effort to go back and constantly right. erase history. I think but, it's a it's a monument to monument thing with me. It depends like what the intent was or where it is. Yeah. You know, like there's a place in Savannah, Georgia, where they recreated a smaller version of a plantation house in the middle of Savannah, and they did this. I think in like it's it was about 10 years after the Civil War, and then they put federal housing around it. So it was basically like smaller houses around it, and it was like uh, it was low-income housing, and it was mostly it was mostly like former slaves and stuff. Yeah. So basically they built this like monument-type plantation house thing and had the former slaves live around it, kind of like what they were doing beforehand. Really? Yeah, yeah. So something like that is like, okay, that's got to be changed. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah or if no, it says on yeah. there, you know, kill whoever, you know, get yeah. rid of it. But I I totally agree with you, Greg, because if we start getting rid of stuff, I see it as someone trying to revise history. Yeah. You know? Get, well, it's or, so or interesting. about it, which like, is worse. You're, it's so interesting the way it, things happen. Like, you're reminding me of, of uh, I think it was Nelson Rockefeller 
the one, the famous one percenter, oh, the granddaddy, um, who uh, helped create Colonial Williamsburg, which you probably went to. Oh, a, yeah. on a, a school vacation trip or or a, or a field trip or something, eighth grade field trip, and and um, he, you know, the same kind of situation existed in in what is now Colonial Williamsburg, where you had a lot of poor families who had owned the houses there. Uh, for generations back to, you know, when slavery was abolished, they moved off the plantation and lived right there. And he wanted to buy all those up to create the living museum that is Colonial Williamsburg. He sent, rather than go do it himself, because he was Nelson Rockefeller and it would have cost more, he sent uh, like a local minister to go around and cut deals with all those people. And because they thought it was going to the church... They got way less for their home than oh. they should have gotten for their home, which is a, it's ridiculous. It's awful. Yeah, but but it's a, but it's and but it's a historical thing that happened. And Colonial Williamsburg is if you go there, it's pretty it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, you it's, know, it's, it's it's like a Plymouth plantation on steroids. Yes, yes, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yes. All right. Well, let's get to Radio Gold Extra Sauce. And if you hear the show intro at the start of our show at uh, at six, then you've heard a little bit of this particular call that we received several months ago from a guy that uh, turned out to be rather creepy. And uh, so in a very um, complex way. <laughs> yeah. So this is Radio Gold Extra Sauce. This is Jeff on the Framingham Ford studio line. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, good morning. Is this Hillman? Yes, yes, it is, Jeff. Okay. Um, I sent you a picture of a girl yep. that looked uh, similar to Cindy Crawford. Yeah. And you were supposed to do your investigation and find out what her mailing address was, or her email, or her phone number, and you didn't come through. What? What do you? Th- what do you? Th- what do you mean? <laughs> Ten. During how creepy what is, is it? What are you using Hillman uh, to stalk some this smoke? This is how, yeah. This is Danielle. Danielle says this is a ten on how creepy is it? What are you talking about? I sent you a photograph. You know, sent like it. Th- did you? I, did you send it through the U.S. Mail yes, Service? Yes, I did. The United okay. States Postal okay, Service. Okay, first, first mistake. But yes, go ahead. Next, what? Yeah, what maybe what, it was a mistake. What? And then what happened next? I put it in the main post office for you to to take a look at. It was only just the photograph. That was it. Okay. And what am I supposed to do when I get a photograph of a girl? Uh, you're supposed to check with the the media and figure out what her contact information is. Why would I? Why would? Why would I do that? What? Why? Why is that my response? You're supposed to try to help me out, or, or I'm not giving you a copy of my book. What? How's that I, sound? What's it? What? what oh, wow, <laughs> that was well done. What's, what's, what is okay, your book? That was well done. What's, that was a long what's way. Your, what's your book? What's your book called? It's called The Secrets of the Universe. I called Random Random House, and and all they want to do is give me a a a, B, a, a, a BJ and say, oh well, <laughs> we, we we you have to have a literary literary agent in order to. Uh, to uh, uh, get a book published, that's yeah, how they do exactly. it. Yeah, they can is, go take a hike. Um, is the uh, is this a book or would you call it more of a manifesto? Uh, it's a manuscript uh, with one quote. Uh, I, I don't have much to say to anybody. Well, I understand, except for us, which you, who you're calling in six twelve. The library has a copy of it. The it, library, yeah. yeah the, if you go down, call a library because I didn't have a typewriter, and they were the only ones that allowed me to have a, uh, a typewriter. i got to tell you something. Uh, you seem to be stuck in a particular generation when it comes to the uh, technology. I mean, yeah, I, uh, great white. We got the... Uh, we, got, we, we got the... And then, then there's Alice in Chains Dirt, yeah. and then there's Shine Down, yeah. Threat for Survival. Yeah. My anthem song is Track 8, 
uh, dangerous. I think we got to get the. <clears throat> to, I'm, 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 I'm becoming alarmed. I, I am. Have, I, any, have I was, any people that uh, you've hung with gone missing? Yeah. <laughs> um, that would. That's Lyndon Pyre. Send him a letter on that <laughs> yeah, one. Send me a letter right. on that. All right. Well, listen, hey, Danielle. Yes. Did you look into finding out maybe what that woman's contact information is? Yes. Yeah. She'll take care of that for All you. Right. I'm I mean, gonna get going. Hang uh, on. You know my mailing address. Yes, yeah, I'll get. Uh, yeah, let me give you. Let me give you yeah. Danielle's. Uh, let me give you Danielle's address, and okay. she'll uh, she'll be able to get the. Okay. <laughs> oh wow, God. that was that was a very no. interesting phone no. call. You know, Just, sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes you see repeated pieces of mail come in through the mailroom, and you wonder. <laughs> Who could possibly be sending these? I just got my <laughs> yeah. answer to that. Right. I was just going to yeah. say we we have to uh, it, uh, IG a picture. Can we do that? Probably. We're just going to take. Well, I'm just going to I'm going to go to the, the mailroom and grab the letters that have been sent to you, Hillman, that you haven't picked up. That I <laughs> I looked that no, I've no, seen them. I know oh, you I have got seen it. them. Yes, I got oh, okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, anyway, uh, that is ex- uh, that is the way we. That's an excellent way to begin the Wednesday program. Oh my God. It becomes so much clearer why it's creepy when you hear the whole entire thing, doesn't it? I mean, you it's could get layer we, upon layer, <laughs> really. And uh, I don't believe we've heard from that individual again. No further communication, no. which is uh, reassuring. You didn't get any letters. I've gotten letters, telegrams. I've, I've received. I've received some letters, but that can't be um, like the creepiest or scariest call. I mean, you no, uh, in your I mean, in your what your your eighty year history on the air. <laughs> there's been some other ones. You ever fear been. for your life? Like for real? Uh, I I have feared for uh, one time. I feared for my. I had one guy who threatened my kids on a voicemail message. Oh, see, so yeah, that's and yeah. Uh, got locked up. But yeah. uh, good. He thought he heard voices talking to him right. on the radio, and they, you know, and they, they, they were. weren't. They were, well, they, well, they were talking. They were to him, U, UNLB. They weren't saying what he thought they were. <laughs> what he thought they were saying. <laughs> right. But um, all right. Um, uh, once a month, we have the pleasure of having Governor Baker in the studio with us for breakfast with Baker, and the governor comes in and, and answers all of your questions and all of our questions. And this past week, Governor Baker was asked about the Confederate Memorial, which is out on George's Island. Have you ever been to George's Island? Several times. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, great place. It's, it's great. You get on a boat, go out there, and, and uh, it's a beautiful place. It was a uh, a prison camp for Confederate soldiers during the Civil War, and there is uh, a monument there to those soldiers and um, those who have read it. And the, in fact, the governor, I think, is uh, we got a little clip from the governor in which he talks about this. Feel like it's offensive. So um, this is what Governor Baker said about removing that Confederate memorial on George's Island in Boston Harbor when he was on the show this week. I think historical monuments I got no problem with. Um, with that one with pati- removing that, them or with them being there? I have no problem with historical monuments as a general rule, okay? Yeah. But that particular historical monument, um, given the way the wording works on that and the fact that it's located on public property, um, gets a bit beyond and glorifies to some extent um, the the voice of the South in the in the war. And that's a problem for Even, me. I would like to see, I, we can't move that. We sent a letter to the Secretary of State's office because that is that is on the National Historic Register. So um, that can only be done through a change at the Secretary of State's office who oversees all the Historic Commission stuff. Um, we wrote them a letter and asked them if they could find another place to put it. All right, so the governor thinks that maybe it, it, maybe it should come down. And, yeah. Uh, how do you feel? You um, I I don't I don't think it should. Yeah, I I think it's in. You know what? 
this is when we were talking about this before. This is the perfect place. It's the it's the context. Yeah. Because you go to why do you go to George's Island these days? I mean, besides having a lovely picnic in the I harbor. think they have a restaurant there. I think, I think you can <laughs> right. get like hot dogs and right. grilled cheese sandwiches and yeah. things like that. But so like that's you why said, I would go. But we, we went a, for field trips for school. Right. So right, you, to need, learn. you need to have that representation there. Yeah. And that's a good place for it. Yeah. I think, in my I'm, opinion. Yeah. Well, we'll see if our next guest is able to change your mind and my mind. He's an historian named Kevin Levin, and that rhymes. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but um, he's, uh, he's involved with a bunch of universities and uh, has spent a lot of time on this Confederate statue and memorial issue, and he joins us now for a little extra sauce on the George's Island Confederate Memorial. My pleasure. I, I know you've done uh, a, a lot of work on this and put a lot of thought into it. Um, to me, before this discussion, you can change my mind. Uh, you, you can change my mind. <laughs> but I'm somebody who doesn't believe that history, even even uh, though it may be distasteful, should be erased. And I'm right. uh, I'm curious as we start this extra sauce discussion... Yeah. Um, how you feel about that? Yeah, you know, and that's an argument that you hear quite often uh, in this ongoing public uh, debate. Uh, let, let me suggest a different way of looking at this. Although I look, I'm sympathetic to, to what to the point you're trying to make, but let me suggest that monuments are not so much about history as you understand it. Sort of the history that we learn as as students, the history that we learn from reading books that we pick up. Um, monuments are about memory. Monuments are about what a given individual or community at a certain time in history want you to believe about the past. So, so there's a distinction, I think, that you have to sort of acknowledge here, that every monument, in a way, actually itself erases history. So when you're looking at a monument, for example, uh, to Robert E. Lee in New Orleans, you're not just looking at a monument about a historical figure. You're looking at a structure that was placed at a specific point in time about a historical figure. But to really understand the monument, you have to understand what went into it. You have to understand who organized the money, the fundraising, mm. uh, what was said at the dedication addresses, uh, and how that monument, and this may be most important, how that monument over time functions in a given community how people perceive that monument that's a great point i the governor when he was in here asked me if i had read the wording on the confederate uh, monument at george's island the memorial yeah. uh, the memorial yeah. and i haven't uh, he said it was it was pretty offensive is that is that correct you know i guess that's probably relative um you know, many monuments and markers around, especially throughout the South, you know, placed, you know, anywhere between 1880 and 1940, uh, you know, some of them actually do, you know, celebrate explicitly, uh, you know, white supremacy. Um, and they sort of wax poetic about the glorious lost cause of the Confederacy itself without even acknowledging sort of the, the place of slavery and the preservation of white supremacy and, you know, in the Confederate war effort. The marker, I, and I think it's better understood as a marker than a memorial. I, yeah. I guess you can go both ways. But, you know, it, all it really does, is it, it lists the 13 Confederate soldiers that died uh, at the prison. Uh, it does, of course, include the Confederate seal. It includes the Confederate motto of with God as our defender. So, you know, certainly 
you know, you have the right to be offended by that. Um, but, you know, it's, again, compared to some of the other monuments that you will find around the South, it's, uh, it's a fairly tame um, inscription. Well, I think um, uh, I've, from what I've read on your blog and some other things, the, the most controversial wording, I think, on the marker would be the war between the states. And, sure. and that and, is something and, and, that's, yeah. I guess, that that's more of a Confederate term than it would be a, a Union term. Yeah, and this has everything to do with, uh, with whether or not you believe that, that the right of a state to secede from the Union uh, was justified, was constitutional itself. Um, so certainly some people will, will, will take offense, um, you know, at, at that specific reference to, um, to, to the Civil War. But if I can just sort of, you know, suggest a comparison here, you know, few people have ever visited uh, downtown just off the, the public gardens, uh, the Freedmen's Memorial uh, or the Emancipation Memorial, which is on Park Square. Uh, it's, very, it's very easy to miss. It depicts Lincoln hovering over a slave who was kneeling down at his feet. A lot of people look at this monument, and their first response is that it looks like the slave is shining Lincoln's shoes. And, and this was placed in the 1870s, a very prominent monument. And I would su- suggest that if people go down there and actually spend some time in front of this monument, that they might actually be more troubled by this specific monument compared to the one on George's Island. Uh, the way it depicts emancipation, this notion that Lincoln just sort of handed African Americans their freedom during the Civil War without any help on the part of African Americans themselves. It's a very, for many people today, it's a very demeaning depiction uh, and even a racist depiction of African Americans. And this is uh, just off the public gardens in Boston Common uh, downtown. But of course, because of all the buildings surrounding it now, uh, few people give it much attention. But when it was first dedicated, uh, it, there was an open space. It had a clear eye shot right up to bo- through the Boston Common, right up to the State House itself. So when it was dedicated, it was a fairly important. It was a very important site. So wait a second. Now you people have an issue with Lincoln. I mean, what? No, 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 where, not- where, where does where does this where does this end? When is it? <laughs> well, it can end wherever you want. All yeah. I'm all I'm suggesting <laughs> is that sometimes it's it's perhaps helpful to sort of compare. Uh, you know, the outrage that, that we're supposedly supposed to, uh, you know, we're yeah. supposed to express here. Yeah. Um, but but it, it does give you a sense that monuments change meaning over time. How people perceive them changes over time. And that's what we're dealing with throughout much of the country right now. In New Orleans and Charlottesville today, in Orlando, they're removing their Confederate monument as we talk. Well, what about uh, we, we discussed on the show this past week? Also, the uh, the monument, uh, the statue in Houston, um, and the, there were actually some armed uh, right. Houstonites, yeah, <laughs> Texas Texas guys who were out there trying to. They had heard a rumor that that was going to come down, and yeah. that, now there's somebody who you know they essentially. You know, built that city, and and uh, you look at the history of America, the, the, the father of Texas, uh, the, the, yeah. and and because he was a slave owner, it, it's it's much like Faneuil Hall, and I don't know where you stand yeah. on that, but do you think that we need to change the name of Faneuil Hall because he was a slave owner? Well, well, let me let me first address the Sam Houston because what was interesting about Houston was for the people sort of from you know the Confederate heritage community that came out defending the Houston Monument. Uh, it seems to me that few people understood that Houston actually rejected 
the Confederacy. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. he rejected secession yeah. uh, in Texas. Uh, look, here, here's where I stand on naming, on monuments. It's the communities that originally decided to put up monuments. It's the communities that originally decided to name things. And to me, it has to come back in the end to the community. It has to come back to how the community perceives a designated space or a commemorative space. Um, I think as Americans, we have a, a strange attitude compared to the rest of the world regarding monuments, um, even the, the names of places. You know, it, uh, American soldiers took down the statue of Saddam Hussein after the invasion of Iraq. You know, Americans in 1776, if I have the date right, tore down a monument to King George. Uh, you know, in the former Soviet bloc countries after the fall of the Soviet Union, you know, they tore down monument after monument to mm. Stalin and other uh, communist leaders. Many of them are now in, in museums. Mm. So it, it, it is, I think, a, a somewhat strange attitude, it seems to me, uh, when it comes to at least conceiving of the possibility of, of not just destroying monuments, but I mean, perhaps just removing them and relocating them, mm. um, you know, for them to be properly interpreted in a, a museum space where people can really understand them. Richard, uh, but I, I, like I said before, I, I believe that in the end, even in the case of Faneuil Hall, it really does come back to the community itself, how the community perceives uh, that specific space. Richard, you've written a lot on this. You've actually, you were down in Savannah, Georgia recently speaking on this. And, and uh, so would you say the main issue that people have with most the monuments that are coming down, like New Orleans and St. Louis, it's because it was part of the Confederacy and the Confederacy supported slavery. Would you say that's the number one issue? I think I think that's certainly, you know, um, driving the issue. I think the other issue that's sort of pushing this is that, like I suggested earlier, these monuments went up at a time when a large chunk of the community, specifically the black community, was barred right. legally in many cases from taking part in these discussions about what kind of history to celebrate, to commemorate. Mm -hmm. And at least since the Civil Rights Movement, beginning in the 1970s, you know, once you begin to see local government change in terms of the racial profile, now more people are able to enter that discussion and for the first time, you know, debate about how their tax dollars are going to be used to maintain, you know, some of these, uh, some of these monuments on public ground. And to me, that is, that's, that's what this country is about. That's democracy in action, being able to sort of voice your concern about what you see around your community, right? And whether or not you believe that you are welcomed in your community. You hear that expressed uh, quite often. But certainly, our, our tendency now to focus on the tough issues of slavery and race, the current debate we're having now about race relations, all of this, uh, it seems to me, is is sort of shaping uh, this this public debate about monuments and history. With that, then, do you think we should have a vote on stuff named after George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? Because they were, despite being heroic figures, founding fathers, they were slave owners. I mean, Thomas Jefferson, mm -hmm. it's becoming mm -hmm. more and more documented how he actually treated some of his slaves. Yeah. Um, so what well, do we do? One he treated very well. Uh, several, uh, actually. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So what do we do about the Washington Monument or Washington, D.C., you know, or the state of yeah. Washington, anything named after him? Where, where do we well, go from there? I don't think there? we have to do anything uh, right now because I, I don't really hear any sustained calls for 
the removal of um, of some of the sites that you're referencing. Again, that's not to say that I, I don't think we should have a discussion, but I do think there's a distinction here that's important, and that is that when we're talking about Confederate leaders, when we're talking about politicians like Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, or you know important generals like Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson, let's let's keep in mind that their reason, the reason we remember them, is because their lives were wrapped up, you know, the, the importance that we place in them was wrapped up in being involved in a government whose sole goal was the, the protection and expansion of slavery and white supremacy, right? Now compare that, of course, to Washington, Jefferson, and the other founding fathers. Certainly, they established a nation with slavery in it. No one debates that, and we ought to understand that, and we ought to come to terms with that. But they also created the mechanisms that allowed us, of course, to end slavery. And many of those same individuals were very, you know, were worried about slavery, even argued against it during their lives. So I think we need to, we need to sort of step back and, and, and acknowledge that there are distinctions between individuals who gave their, you know, their, their full devotion to establishing a slaveholding republic and our founding fathers who, of course, uh, you know, created a nation with slavery in it, but also a nation that eventually figure out a way to end it, even though, of course, it was through a four-year bloody war. My concern sometimes is where and how do you stop it? And if, you know, America is the great melting pot, so is it inconceivable that there is someone of British descent who lives here and is really bothered by the Paul Revere statue or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any number of American revolution memorials. I mean, I, I yeah. that's what I get concerned about is in this country, especially more so now than ever before, there's always somebody that is offended by something. So sure. uh, when, when, we, when we start to go around and, and remove things because of that, I worry about where it stops. Do you, do you have any concern about that? No, I, I don't, because I, I, I don't see the, the, the sort of dire future that, that you are envisioning. <laughs> um, I, I really don't. I mean, right now, I think what we've seen, we, we've certainly seen you know, monuments to the Confederacy, you know, in, in a few cities. Let's not, let's first not, not exaggerate that. New Orleans obviously being the most significant. Um, Orlando today, um, University of Texas at Austin placed one in, the, in, in its museum not too long ago. So certainly it's happening, right? And again, I, I, I think this is a natural process, especially in democracies, right? I mean, this is to yeah. me where the rubber hits the road. But I don't see the kinds of, you know, the, the rallying cries for the removal of monuments uh, beyond that. Um, I, I don't see that as, um, as having much steam behind it. Now, I may be wrong, uh, but again, I, I can't help but go back to the, my earlier point, which is I don't have a problem with, with people sort of expressing uh, their frustration, especially when it comes to public spaces, right? Each of us as citizens has a right to express those kinds of concerns. Um, and, and again, I would caution you, I, again, getting rid of, removing or relocating a monument does not erase history, right? Uh, yeah. when, Joe, when the Joe Paterno monument was removed, you know, from you know, its space at Penn State, you know, no one was really worried that his accomplishments or the accomplishments of his team 
uh, were, you know, were threatened, right? People understand the history. The people in Happy Valley will forever, uh, you know, sort of go over and over each play, right? Each, each, uh, each championship. The reason it was removed was because the community understood that that kind of place, that kind of place of honor, he was no longer worthy of, right? Um, and, and so I think that also happens when it comes to our historical figures. Mm. Um, yeah, now, it's so, again, it, go ahead. Well, it's, it's interesting to me when, when you, you know, when you put it in that light and, and you are, you are changing my mind a little bit, which rarely happens. I, yeah, but, that's, that's pretty I, good, Kevin. I, I, <laughs> but, you know, the mood, I I am assuming because, believe it or not, uh, even though I've been on the radio for decades, I was not alive post-Civil War. <laughs> but I assume that there was an effort made by the victors to, uh, to heal the country and that a lot of yeah. these Confederate memorials maybe not a lot of them some of them like this one on george's island is about those prisoners of war you know yeah. is you know that's what i guess bothers me is i feel like maybe and i wasn't alive then so i shouldn't be speaking but uh, you know a lot of most everybody who uh, actually everybody who uh, is speaking on this wasn't alive then right. so we're yes. all we're all entitled <laughs> to an opinion but yeah. I, I feel like that may have been done in an attempt to heal the country not in, 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 in an attempt to say, you, we wish slavery still existed. That's actually a really interesting point that you're making. Um, you know, a really interesting point. You know, next time you're, you're at the State House, you know, stand, you know, go across the street and stand in front of the monument to the, um, the 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry, the Shaw Memorial, which, of course, uh, was, you know, beautifully um, captured in the movie Glory, the first, you know, black regiment raised in the North uh, during the Civil War. It's probably the most important piece of public Civil War art that we have. It was dedicated in the 1890s. It was the only reminder of the service of roughly 200,000 black Americans in the United States Army that both helped to preserve the Union and and slavery. Mm. Uh, It would take decades for another one to be put up. But this is the one that we have here uh, in Boston, a lot of the other monuments that were put up, right, throughout the South, especially throughout the North, a lot of them, you know, they did come at a time of national reunion. And as you, I think you rightly point out, it was a time of healing, right? The United States was becoming a world power, Spanish-American war, in, you know, in 1898. Um, you know, the country was trying to heal. A new generation was coming in that had never experienced the war. But the casualty in all of this, what, what was left untouched, what was left unremembered, was the black experience, the story of slavery, the story of emancipation, and even the story of, of free black men and, and former slaves who risked their lives to save this country during its most desperate hour. And so those monuments, you know, on the one hand, they did heal, but they healed white America. They, they made it possible for, for white Southerners and white Northerners in large part to come together and at least sort of look at one another as part of the same family, as part of the same nation. It made it possible for the country to move forward. But some historians suggest, and I think rightly so, that it came at a huge price. Uh, it came at uh, the price of Jim Crow, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and look, some of these monuments that you'll find actually do depict the black experience but the black experience that they depict 
are stories of faithful slaves. Uh, the, the U.S. Senate into the 1920s actually wanted to organize money to put up a monument to the loyal mammy figure. Think of Gone with the Wind. Ugh. Think of the Aunt Jemima bottle, the syrup yeah. bottle. They yeah. actually wanted to put up a monument to this demeaning image of African Americans that held sway that was popular both in the North and the South. Was that so Senator Byrd who led? Was that Senator Byrd who led that charge? Uh, I believe so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but the big point here is that um, the people who were in power were the ones who controlled how we remember, and now we're at a point in 2017 where, for really the first time, a lot more Americans now have a voice. And you know, again, it, it's not easy or it's not difficult to to see why they're 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 taking advantage of that. Well, I will, it's easy to see why I should see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this. I feel like you're far too intelligent for this podcast, first of all. Um, <laughs> but I am um, I'm delighted that you joined us and My pleasure. you 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 you've made me think about it and I I and I think that you know, I I sometimes get bothered because there there are those speaking many times in this country for those who uh, are offended, and they choose to speak for those who who are offended, whether they know that those yeah. who are offended are offended or not. But in this case, yeah. uh, in this case, I might not be able to speak on this because I I might not be qualified, you know. And it it uh, it may may need to be one of those things where we need to listen to those who who are offended and and try to understand why, you know. I think yeah. listening is is probably the most important thing. And I, look, and I'm the first person to admit there's a lot about this that I don't understand, and you know it's. It'll be interesting to see how how this continues to unfold. I have no, I, I really have no idea what direction it's going to go, and so I'm on for the ride as as much as you and everyone else is. So it, it is going to be interesting. Well, maybe it's uh, when it's all over, we'll meet. We'll uh, we'll meet for a drink over in the uh, what will it be called the A Hall area uh, over by Quincy Market, or <laughs> uh, the, right, or the B Hall, or the uh, something. Uh, you well, know the blue hall or the right. the brick hall or whatever, and we'll yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. Well, and the drinking is what's important here. So <laughs> that's right. That, that's, as long as we have the freedom to drink. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, listen. Thank you very much for giving us a little extra sauce on this. No, my pleasure. Great talking to you. Oh, maybe change my mind a little bit. Maybe I don't know. I'm st- I'm still not in favor of erasing history. Even if it's offensive, but yeah. maybe in in this case, I can't be the judge of it because it's you know it's yeah. not something that would be offensive to me. So right, um, or it's, it's not something like he said that we you know we've had or our families have had to go through right stuff like that. It's it's a it's a tough argument. Right. right. No. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Extra Sauce this week. As I mentioned at the start, we're off for a couple weeks from Extra Sauce. For a well-deserved few quick vacation days, um, I'm not using all my vacation <laughs> what are you days. Out, I, like 30 days. <laughs> say, 30 days in um, a row. But Mike Shu will be here I'll with be you. Here. And oh yeah, you he's, betcha. He's delighted about that. <laughs> you can subscribe to Extra Sauce on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.